Did you watch any of the uh, Nathan's famous hot dog eating contest on the fourth? No, because I'd imagine it's just the exact same thing as the other previous ten years or so. I'm outside of like one year where Matt Stoney is was that his name? One, yeah, Matt one Stoney. In, he be, he beat upset Joey. Joey Chestnut one year, but like any other year, it's basic. It's basically a Joey Chestnut highlight reel. So no, I didn't yeah, well, watch it. It's always Joey Chestnut competing against himself, and uh, the lightning delay really screwed things up this year. It, it definitely took uh, you know some of the the fun out of it when it was like there's no shot he was going to break his own record. He's just competing against himself. It didn't come close with there only was a lightning strike hot dogs. Yeah, yeah. So like Coney Island was having bad weather, which I knew that rain was going to be an issue for it. But uh, yeah, lightning and they like can't eat hot dogs when it's lightning out. Is that why I got the notification at like three in the afternoon instead of like noon time? Yeah, it didn't. It didn't start till two. So okay. yeah, was, uh, yeah. And when they finally started, they just jumped right into it. They weren't messing around. Like they they took the loss when it came to like you know the coverage and the the ad revenue and stuff, uh, which is nice. Kind of just get it over with. I was tuning in. It was like also in the process of like grilling food and, you know, making my own stuff. No hot dogs, but, um, you know, it was one of those where like, oh, he's doing great. Gets a Healy. It's like 20 hot dogs and buns in the first two minutes. You're like, oh, he's on pace for 100. He might break the record. And then next thing you know, you like look at it. It's like, yeah, he's nowhere close. It's, it's just not not worth it at that point because, you know, he's not going to lose and you know he's not going to beat his record. What's his? But, re- it's in the seventies, right? Yeah, seventy six in twenty twenty one. Oh, that's Jesus. his record. Okay, yeah, uh-huh. that, yeah. Because he'll always reach sixties, but yeah, I mean, it's even a question if he can get into the seventies and break his record. Uh huh. Yeah, and he said that when hot dogs are like cold and wet and gross, like that, like in that type of condition, they're, they're not, they're not fun to eat. And like, they'll slow them down. Like last year it was too hot out. So it is kind of interesting how even like uh, a sport, like hot dog eating is weather dependent. You know, we know that about other traditional sports. Um, but anyway, like one thing like this event, like got me thinking about is different food that I would want to compete in an eating contest for which i've never done something like that which i think kind of made it hard to like really rationally think about it i was like asking friends who i was with on the fourth like oh what foods would you want and you know one thing that kept coming up was i don't want to eat something that is going to ruin it for me forever because i try to eat way too much in a short amount of time uh, I don't know if you like thought about it a little, but I yeah, I, see, I mean I like, thought about it a different... little. I didn't actually make a list, but like I thought about it. I've never been in an eating contest either. I've raced friends at like lunchtime in school or something like that, uh-huh. but I've, I've never actually been in an eating contest. Like I thought about yeah, like what foods would I that I enjoyed that I think I would be competitive, quote unquote competitive at in terms mm-hmm. of eating. Uh, I put down like pizza. Cause I, maybe not as much now, but I I definitely could uh, like eat a whole box uh, relatively quickly, like when I, when I was younger. And I could, I think I could still do it with some pizzas. Or it depends on the size, and depends on the pizza place. But uh-huh. like I can, I'm a pretty quick eater. Like I I don't I don't take my time when I eat, if, especially if it's a good food. So I feel like I would be. Like compared to like Joey Chestnut, no, I would. Yeah, right. I would it, utterly it is, fail. Uh, but could I compete? But like compared like to like a, your normal average person, yeah, yeah, which is like how I tried to look at it as well. Yeah. So I, if compared myself to like an average person, I think I could do reasonably well. And and talking about the foods that I think I would do well at, 
I wrote down a list. Uh, like yeah, so pizza. I know this one's not eating, but milkshakes, drinking. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know just, about that. That's, the, that's the one freeze. drink I have down. Um, cheeseburgers, French fries, yeah. definitely not hot dogs. I I don't like. No, hot dogs. I don't. I mean, I. I will eat hot dogs, but I'm always like, I would much rather have any other thing on the grill, whether it's burger, chicken, steak. Like, hot dogs are a thing. It's like, ah, uh, you make one, all, I'll eat it, but. All three it's of those things favorite. I like more than. I. I uh-huh. Could I eat a hot dog if my life depended on it? Yeah. Like, I've had hot dogs in the past, but I really do not care for them. Yeah, I don't go out of my way for them. I'm never like, oh, I need to have a hot dog when we're barbecuing. And then like I hate mustard, so that's a great combination. Oh, well, there you go. I only <laughs> like them like with mustard. I hated them as a kid, and I was like, oh, I just don't like them with ketchup. But then I started putting mustard on. I was like, yeah, these aren't that bad. But still, I mean, it's not like mustard is like makes it this well, it's amazing a, dish. It's always a big food debate on like, oh, should you put ketchup yeah, on? You put ketchup on a hot dog. It's like, Uh, well, I don't like hot dogs and I don't like mustard, so like I don't even need to join the debate at all. uh, Yeah, you save your ketchup for your mac and cheese, and and other things too. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) a mac and cheese. That's another one. Yeah, mac and cheese. I think I could do, and then and then fries. Yeah, and then yeah. So when it comes to like chicken, I I I told you this in the past that mm -hmm. I don't love wings or like bone chicken. And you and then you mentioned like well what about the times when we went to like um was Smoky Bones like the several dozen times we went like for me that's literally the exception is the KC barbecue wings there other than that like I really don't eat wings. I love chicken wings, especially with bones on them. Um, like I, my thing with like the whole chick like boneless wings, it's like they're they're chicken nuggets, they're chicken yeah, tenders. That's fine. That's fine. I, they're I still good. I don't mind admitting but, that part that they're uh, chicken nuggets, but. Yeah. No, I I am a big fan of wings. I don't think I would do a wing eating contest. Uh, I just remember like one time when I was in college, my friend did one as like a charity thing. And he said that he had to like on the drive home, had to pull over and throw up on the side of the road. And I'm just like, I feel like that would happen to me too. So, and that's like one thing that like made it really hard when I thought about it is like, what could I eat that I wouldn't hate myself just to finish in like seventh out of eighth place? Um, and you know, some of the things you talked about, like it immediately came to mind, like pizza, cheeseburgers, I was thinking like different snack items. So something like French fries or like some type of potato chip, like sun chips would be one where I feel like I'd feel slightly better about myself. <laughs> potato <laughs> chips. Yeah. Right. Something like that. Like cheese. It's like, I, I would love to do that, but it, or it's like, Oh, what's something I guess snack on and like eat a whole box if I really wanted to do it. Um, and then, like, from the foods that I really love, and I just want to do it just for the excuse to eat a ton of them, nachos is the first thing. Oh, nachos. Like, that's just a throwing back a plate of nachos. Yeah. I didn't write that one down, but nachos, yeah, that's a great one. I would, I would, I think I would do well in a nacho. Cheese yeah, and one. then two that you didn't mention that I was waiting for at least one of them, pancakes. Let me just think about it at, at IHOP. Like, <laughs> just like, uh, yeah, I don't I, even I, need a fork. Pancakes, yeah, I, I I, I I hate that I didn't write that one down. Yeah, I think pancakes I could do pretty well at, especially considering the fact that not all the time, but sometimes on occasion, yeah, I will fold it like a taco. Yeah, you just eat it like a taco. And eat it like, and I think IHOP actually has. Not even joking. I think they have like this taco thing that they have, taco pancake thing. Uh, I, really? I swear, I saw, yeah. I, I I literally googled IHOP and the first thing that comes up is pancake tacos. Like they, they is that like a new thing they're just doing? So I yeah. might actually have to go to IHOP and try this thing now. Just so I'm guessing what they put like 
sausage and egg I'd and imagine. it's just like yeah. wrapped as a pancake yeah Probably. Hey, that makes i mean yeah pancake wrapped as a taco that makes sense um interesting i uh i ate a ton of real tacos yesterday from sheets the like gas station convenience store that has made to order food and i was like oh i could throw back a bunch of days it was six for six bucks so i was like I started eating one. I was like, man, I'm going to eat all of these. By like the third one, I was like, I feel gross. After eating other foods, so I'm like, I don't know that tacos would really be a good eating contest for me. Um, but I, what I was thinking earlier was there's three different categories. There's just food that you love that you just want to eat and be like, I'm going to enjoy this. I don't care how I do. It's an excuse for me to eat a lot of it. Food too, where it's like just like a snacking type food, like your French fries, your potato chips, your crackers, whatever. It's something that you can consume, like you know, small things, like eat a lot of cookies maybe. Um, and then three is foods that other people don't like, but you do where you're just like cutting out the competition. So for me, that would be black olives for you. I think it would just be throwing back cans of, well, I was thinking cans of cranberry sauce. Oh, that too. Yeah. Put that one one on the list. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. I think, I think category number three is probably my best chance of winning. Yeah. Right. Like that's, that's what I was thinking. Do you remember, I don't, I don't remember the name of the episode, but do you remember, the show Jimmy Neutron, of course, where they uh-huh. they were competing against like other planets. Oh yeah, yes, and, and, that was. And Carl had to do the one of my the, favorites. Yeah, uh, the, the they were competing against like the I forgot what, what they were called, but yeah, I don't remember any of the names of them. One of the but... aliens had to do banana cream pie, and it's like, yeah. oh, <laughs> banana cream pie! How lucky can you get? And then the alien uh-huh. that had to eat it, uh, you know, exploded. Exploded, and then yeah. it was Carl's turn. It was like plutonian gut chunks and then because he was he was the best one that could do it like just given his appetite and so when he took a little bite out of it he we everyone thought he was gonna be grossed out and throw up but he took one bite like oh my god this is amazing and they just just kept throwing it back yeah eating the whole plate yeah Uh uh-huh so i'd imagine so if i were to win an eating contest it had to be something like that where like you just said that everyone else doesn't like it but i do Mm -hmm. and i succeed yeah and that's me with black olives because i know a lot of people don't like black olives and i like to think that i could throw back enough of them to be like truly competitive and i'm not just like hurting myself for no possible reward like i would with most things against other people right (laughs) so i thought it was a fun exercise you know to kind of go through that you know i i initially had ideas of a top five and i was like is this gonna be that great and you know we also like had some scheduling changes this week uh but anyway glad we can kind of talk about fake sports you know whatever you want to call it it was on espn so i like to count it as a sport uh, but with that, let's talk about the other big stories that are happening in the wide world of sports in early July. Of course, you know, baseball and golf this time of year, but this specific weekend was really taken over by NBA and, you know, in some extent, NHL free agency. But of course, basketball is the big one. So much money being thrown around, like as everyone's saying, man, I should have been an NBA player. Um, but I think, you know, on top of everything, yeah. Well, I was just going to say, like, yeah, the, every time, every year during this time, it, it's always great for the NBA. I've I've always said that this is the best. This is my favorite time of the NBA. Like, not when they're playing. Yeah, it's, when it's, it's the a ton off of fun. season. Uh-huh. And what you like, what you just said that I I always say to myself and other friends that, man, I I wish I were a foot taller, because <laughs> then uh-huh. I because then I would put every do everything in my power to be a basketball player. <laughs> 
Now, it's just, it's wild seeing some of the contracts get thrown out there. And it's like guys who you look at as like mid tier players are being paid as much as like the best wide receivers, the best running backs. Like, you know, your your typical stars in baseball. And then you look at the ho- hockey contracts and like the numbers people are saying, well, that's an overpay. And you're like, that's like a rookie contract in the NBA. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I love like all the player movement, you know, all the big signings, just like immediately, you know, looking at, whoa, Shams, like reaching my, uh, my Twitter rate limit every day. And like just the worst time for Elon Musk to mess up his Google cloud. That, that was my thought too, is that on July 1st, I was prepared to just scroll through Twitter to see all the signings and yeah, rate Can't limit do it. exceeded, and I haven't looked at Twitter since. I I delete I I didn't delete my Twitter. I deleted the app, and I will uh-huh. re-download it once that is fixed. And I don't know if that will be fixed. I haven't seen the issue since Saturday. Oh, okay. So then that's good. Then I then think it. Yeah, I think it's good. I'm pretty sure that like he like put out that tweet saying he put like limits on everyone's account as a cover for something being messed up i heard that i heard that rumor too i i figured it was a i don't want to say long term but more more than a one day thing yeah right i thought so as well but yeah it was that's good fine for me at least i mean the combination (laughs) of that and being on vacations like i don't need to look uh, through this i just wanted to look through it july 1st because yeah you want to see the most important day of uh uh, a free agency because that's when all the signings happen yeah yeah, I agree. And that was like a really horrible day for that to happen. Um, but anyway, you know, of course, like the free agency aspect of it is big deal. But then also the trade aspect. You have a lot of big names who get you know thrown out there. And I think we got to just start at the, the biggest name, finally demanding a trade request, Damian Lillard. And it sounds like he only wants to go to the Miami Heat. And now it's just a question of is Portland going to give in and take a, a bad deal to make this happen for kind of like Bradley you know, Beal with the Wizards, except Damian Lilly doesn't have a no trade clause that, so he can't technically force his way there. But then you have the whole discourse going on as well. If Portland doesn't treat him right, then they're not going to get other players. But then it's like the Trailblazers literally never signed big time free agents anyway, so all they can do is just draft and develop guys. This to happen because we've we, oh yeah because Lillard and Beal have been mentioned in trade talks for like half dozen years now just because mm-hmm. they're the only ones on their team that are any any good whatsoever and i mean yeah, there have been other stars like aldridge and uh, you see uh john wall and, and whomever yeah, wall. Like, but yeah. but it was only a matter of time for those guys and beale's already been traded and now lillard I'd, i i i don't i don't know if it will happen but i i would predict that's going to happen at some point just because I don't know. I, I, Lillard's getting sort of getting up there. He's now in the back nine of his career. And yeah, I think he's thirty. He hasn't won now. a. He hasn't won a title. He hasn't been to a final. And and the one time he went to a conference final, they just got swept by Golden State and it wasn't even close. And yeah, I, if it if Miami happens, that wouldn't surprise me because it's a great destination for for NBA players. And whether if it's whether if it's team related or just the city related it's a it's a great spot for players and i think it'd be a great fit for lillard just given that it'd be probably arguably the best backcourt in the nba if lillard were to go there and be set up with butler so i i agree that it wouldn't surprise me in the sense that he wants to go there but other teams can 
give up more to acquire Damian Lillard. Right. So, like, I think that's where it comes down. Is Portland really going to just take a bad deal and set back their rebuild further than they could if they were to trade them to a punt like a dunk it depends like what a bunch of other teams are willing to give up i mean we've heard the miami ones where it's like duncan robinson and tyler hero and who portland doesn't first round picks and and other things 20 28 and 30 is is adebayo even mentioned in these no no dame wants to play with butler and adebayo so (laughs) they're off limits when he was asked about you know, if you want to play in Miami or not, it's like, yeah, Bam is my guy. <laughs> like, okay, so that means mm-hmm. Bam wouldn't be in in the trade talks, and Butler obviously is a lock to be, you know, remaining with Miami. So yeah, they wouldn't. Yeah, move it, him it for would Lillard. just be Hero, uh, uh, Duncan Robinson. Gabe Vincent already got signed by L.A. The Lakers, so he, yeah, so he he's gone. Be, yeah, I mean, Nikola Martin, Jovic. Like, I wouldn't. Ca- yeah, I wouldn't uh-huh. mind if I were Miami. I would not mind moving him. I would absolutely believe that. The, the Celtics series was the of just such a fluke. I would the not Heat don't that. have a player that they wouldn't trade for Damian Lillard. Like, Tyler Hero is their best asset at this point. And, yeah, I mean, you've got guys like Caleb Martin. You have Nikola Jovic, the first-round pick, Jaime Hawkins Jr. Like, those aren't guys that you're going to be like, oh, no, they're off limits in this talks. It's literally Butler literally and Adebayo Butler and anyone and, else. I, and Adebayo. And then, uh-huh. But then everyone else is, is like, sure, like we'll put him in the trade. Yeah, so when it comes down to it, I mean, if if Portland really just wants to, like, save face or whatever, like, I don't think there's any value that they truly get out of it. That would be how Damian Lillard goes to Miami. Realistically, there are a ton of other teams. I mean, the Philadelphia 76ers, James Harden wants out. They could try to, try to come up with some type of, you know, three-way trade that could potentially land them. Lillard with Tyrese Maxey going to Portland. I love that a lot of people are seriously throwing out the Utah Jazz because of all the first-round picks they had to trade. It's like, well, Lillard did go to Weber State, which is in Ogden, Utah, a decade ago, uh, which feels crazy to think about. And then a bunch of the articles tied to the trade request are always like, Lillard has a tremendous amount of respect for the San Antonio Spurs organization, which that would be a crazy offseason for them. about Phoenix, too. But he's not going to Phoenix. No, he's not. <laughs> but he did mention how he has a tremendous <laughs> amount of respect for Phoenix. For yeah, he's like, I, I, yeah, I like the idea of playing with Kevin Durant, Devin Bradley Booker, Beal and Bradley Beal. Yeah, that'd be pretty sweet. Uh, not even going to mention Aiden. <laughs> no, because Aiden would have to be traded. I mean, Phoenix just signing a bunch of minimum contracts to fill out the roster. They're building like a decent roster there. You know, Eric Gordon, I think a good signing. But um, yeah, I mean, at, at this point. I think when it it comes down to it, Damian Lillard is going to find like they're going to need to do something here if that's a three way trade like to get you know Tyler here to Brooklyn that's like one deal that's being thrown out. Portland gets a couple first round picks to the Nets and but even then it's like there there are other teams that have more to offer and like the best player they'd be getting out of it in any of these deals is. A first round pick who like barely saw any playing time during the Heat. Maybe it could be run. like so. Kevin Durant before he went to Phoenix. Because remember last year, it's a uh, KD is asking for a trade, and there was all this chaos in Brooklyn, and then everything settled down, and then and and then all the chaos happened. Mm-hmm. But mid-season, yeah, it rehappened at at the trade deadline. Like, do you think that could happen with Lillard? Where, like, he's I think it's less traded, likely. But then all of a sudden, trade talks. They they simmer uh-huh. down and then he ends up playing with Portland when the regular season starts. 
So I think it would be more likely for that to happen with James Harden in Philly. And I think the reason for that is that Portland can get offers that they would accept. I think in the case with Brooklyn, they didn't want to trade Kevin Durant. They didn't want to like blow up the team. So they were like trying to do everything they could to keep things together. I think the Trailblazers at this point, like, would be willing to move off Damian Lillard, start a rebuild with yeah, and Por- Scoot Portland, Henderson, un- Shane unlike Sharp. Brooklyn, Portland had a a, lo- a very high lottery pick. Like they like they have a, yeah. a rebuild uh-huh. set up. While I mean, you have your point guard replacement for Lillard, right? While Henderson. Brooklyn, <laughs> it was what KD, Kyrie, and then a lot of role players. Yeah, yeah, point. just like, a bunch of not even like an and... actual great lottery pick like like what Portland has. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they weren't really in a, a position where they wanted to blow things up, and right. uh, I think because of that, Portland will end up making a move. Maybe you know the a team like the Nets or whoever will give up enough for Tyler Hero that they're willing to do that type of deal. Uh, Bobby Marks threw out this three-team trade proposal that Portland would get Phoenix's twenty twenty-five first. Um, somebody else's twenty twenty-seven first. Not the Nets. I forget if it's. I don't think it's Phoenix. It might have been. Dallas's from Kyrie and then they get Miami's in 2028 and 2020 and 2030 with a pick swap in 2029 which who knows what those will be like down the road there you know like you said Miami's a free agent destination so even if Butler and Lillard are gone they could still replace them with with other guys so uh but yeah Portland weren't gonna get any type of real player out of this so I am curious to see how things play out. I don't want him to go to the Heat for obvious reasons, you know, with the, the yeah, Celtics situation. The, the Heat situation. are literally the last team I want, would want him on, and I think it's the most realistic team just because they're the ones that are rumored the most, and it's... The Heat wants Lillard's, to go to. Uh, you know, it it's his want in wanting to go to Miami, or it's his request, and so I think that's where he'll end up, but I, I don't... Because I don't know what other teams are... Like rumor besides, well, I mean, I know you just Sixers, Knicks, Clippers, Jazz, <laughs> I maybe the Spurs, I don't you know. <laughs> yeah, I guess Philly would be second on that list, but I, uh, I don't even know about that. I mean, I mean, I mean if they I swap out James Harden, Harden for Damian Lillard, right, then I think like, that Harden that puts them in way better spot. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah, I, I think Philly moving James Harden in a trade would be like a really good thing to happen to them, even if it's a step back for yeah, a year. It, just committing to James Lillard, Harden long term is bad if idea. If were Lillard and, and Embiid on Philly with no James Harden, I, I would take Philly a lot more seriously because I've always, mm-hmm. ever, as long as they've had Ben Simmons or James Harden on their team, I have just never taken him seriously. But yeah, there's no have, reason to take him seriously. But if you have Lillard with Embiid, then then that would that would scare me for sure. Yeah, and I mean Lillard on his own does not have the same type of like he never had like a run like James Harden in 2015 or 2018 with the Rockets, but he also didn't have a prime Chris Paul as his point guard. So, um I yeah, I mean I I don't know what Lillard to the Sixers would look like. I do think Lillard to the Heat is a much scarier team, that but be, I also yeah, think Lillard the Sixers the would, be would be better with Lillard than Harden and you know that Lillard team to the was heat a, would be a much more uh not yeah it would it'd be less ideal uh yeah for the celtics or any other eastern Conference yeah any team. east team yeah the box doesn't matter right. so yeah uh so we'll see i mean that, that'll be the next big move that'll happen this offseason you know assuming that it actually does happen um 
so I guess beyond that, we've seen a lot of big free agent deals uh, around the league. Uh, I mean, I guess like, I don't know what the, the best way to start. I guess the easiest transition, you know, J- Jeremy Grant, five years, $160 million deal. I don't know if that's truly the straw that broke the camel back because I know that Damian Lillard wanted Jeremy Grant to continue to be on the Blazers, but <laughs> that is like one contract you, that it's like, now Portland's like, do you like, think he wanted Portland's Portland's like, well, to pay do do? him before he asked uh, the trade request? Like, hey, make sure that guy gets paid. I don't paid know. And then, <laughs> and then yeah, right? Which, I mean, that would be even crazy move on his part. Like where like, <laughs> you know, 10 years of loyalty and then just completely screws the franchise just in one off season. Uh, I don't know what to make of that one. And even then, like, I don't know if that's the craziest deal because there have been a lot of like, eye-popping contracts that have been handed out in the the past few days here i think my favorite one is uh yeah the houston rockets <laughs> they signed dylan brooks to a four-year 80 million dollar contract yep. when everyone like literally everyone was saying wong dong tigers yeah he's going to the he's <laughs> going, going to, to china, china. Uh-huh. <laughs> but instead of going to china he gets a 20 million dollar a year contract uh for four years is that's kind yeah, of yeah and then I'm not, no he should obviously be in the nba like oh yeah no saying, he's saying he should go NBA to china talent. is going too far like he's uh, a he's it a was good a funny player, joke but uh uh-huh. but it was it's also one of those where if you're not super in tune with the nba and you just watch that playoff series and like followed along on twitter and saw all the memes you're like how is this possible how does this guy get 20 million it's like does that just how nba contracts work it's like no uh, he, but he no the reality is even even though yeah, he's, he's, not he's a, a good defensive player, player he's 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 better than what people give him credit for <laughs> he's very irrationally confident you know he made an ass of himself against the lakers in the first round of the playoffs and i'm not shocked that memphis wanted to move on from him but you know at the same time he was always going to get some type of nba contract from somebody and i guess houston's a team that had enough cap space to just throw 20 million at him and the way i look at it if guys like Jalen Green, first-round pick Eamon Thompson, and Alperin Sengun, some of the other young talent they have, takes big leaps, and you know they're able to build this like championship-esque team, then all of a sudden you have a $20 million contract that you can use in a trade to land a star player down the road. Fred so. Van Vliet, is all, that was also a big contract that Houston gave him, but I like Fred Van Vliet. <laughs> I, I, was, I was definitely a fan of his when he was at Wichita, and then, and then yeah, just being in Toronto, like undrafted, like at mm-hmm. his height, and he ends up being a legitimate piece on that championship team in in 2019. Like, yeah, Kawhi Leonard was obviously the MVP, but if it weren't for Kawhi, like I, I think my vote would have been not even joking, like Van Vliet, maybe Siakam, but yeah, but, but I, I he was a legitimate piece on that team and. Mm-hmm. It's cool to see him. He was an all star a couple years ago, you know, after Kyle Lowry left and like he became the full time point guard there. I'm not I saying agree. it was the right move to for Houston. I'm just saying that's cool th- to see someone like a person like that get rewarded. Uh-huh. No, I, I think it's both. I agree that it's it's nice to see a, a player of his caliber with, you know, his stature and his resume coming out of college and everything, like make his way into a max contract player. But for the Rockets, you have a bunch of young guys, especially at the guard position. Now you have someone with championship pedigree, all-star player who has been around the league for a while and he can kind of show them the ropes for these next few years uh, is really, I think that's the whole mindset there. The kind of player who can like 
be that locker room mentor, someone who has shown he can be a point guard but can also play off ball, doesn't need to have it in his hands at all times, giving guys like Jalen Green and Eamon Thompson opportunities. And I don't know that Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks makes Houston all of a sudden like a playoff team uh, yeah, after, I I, but... With, they have a lot of young talent, and, and now they have a veteran. That's that's good as well, but they're still like a borderline playoff team. Yeah, I mean, they. I think they'll they'll be more competitive. Like, yeah, I don't think they're going to be, be like a sixty sure. loss team. Yeah, um, yeah, and of course, you know, Ime Udoka is their head coach. Right, like, he obviously right. did a lot of good things with the Celtics his one year there. So that, that's another factor to throw in. And I think the Rockets are in a better position getting a guy like Van Vliet, getting a guy like Dylan Brooks, and just, oh, let's run it back with James Harden. And, you know, you're probably going to be slightly better with a player like him, but I also think you're capping I, I would, yourself I would hate too it. much. <laughs> like, yeah, obviously Harden's talented, but I don't know. I just He's think not if a Harden fun were back in Houston, player. it would just be a bunch of iso ball, and, and the other guys yeah. don't even really develop as players. Right. I, I wouldn't even want James Harden. <laughs> Yeah, which is why I think they're in a better spot getting a guy like Van Vliet. So, um, you know, I think that there's two things that we can talk about next. Uh, One thing I'm going to say is I'll start off with the team that I think was the biggest winner. And they're always either the biggest winner or biggest loser, depending on how much control LeBron has. And I think, uh, you know, it's the Los Angeles Lakers. (laughs) They, They, every year, are able to convince guys to just take, like, minimum contracts and they can like they they legitimately have a championship team that just looking at this team you know assuming that they're veterans like uh lebron and anthony davis can stay healthy and like they're they're not showing their age this year i think the lakers basically bringing back their team rui hashimura big uh acquisition pre-deadline uh d'angelo russell like obviously made them much better at the deadline and then and then austin um, reeves austin reeves is like that to me is like the biggest one is the fact that they didn't have to match someone because somebody could have offered him a four-year 98.7 million dollar contract nobody did that so they were able to retain him at their own max which is only like 56 million so they're getting a really good deal for a guy who's proven to not just be just you know some flash in the pan role player but like a legitimate I don't know what type of star, but like a legitimate like starter on that team who can play big time minutes, stepped up huge in the playoffs. Uh, and then of course adding Gabe Vincent. That one's we probably saw my favorite did with one the Heat. of all the Lakers ones. I'm not telling you he's the best player that they retained because mm. or, or signed because I think Russell, Hajimura, Austin Reeves, like I think all arguably all three of those guys are more impactful for their roster. But I don't know. I just. We also I thought, saw. I thought like, Gabe Vincent was. I don't know, just just a likable player on that Miami Heat team. I guess he drove me crazy mm. rooting for Boston, <laughs> but, uh-huh. but I don't know. I just thought he fit in really well with Miami and was great on both sides of the of the ball. I'm not telling you he's like some elite point guard or anything, but I just mm-hmm. think I just think it's a very solid signing for the Lakers, and so I, that's probably my favorite one because it's not like they gave him like a bunch of money. Like what? Yeah, three, I think three year, thirty three years, thirty. Like yeah, like mm-hmm. that's a that's a fine deal for him. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with that. I think it was a really good signing on their part. And you know, if the Heat are able to get Damian Lillard, they're not going to miss Gabe Vincent. But he could be the type of player that they do miss if they're not able to replace him with a star like Dame. So, 
Um, yeah, I, I, I definitely like what the Lakers did. I think that they're going to, you know, going into next season with this, they're not going to get off to a horribly so start. We're definitely going to see them um, as like a serious threat. And then the other team slash player that I think is uh, worth talking about, Kyrie Irving going back that. to the Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> Three years, $126 million. The Dallas Mavericks just bidding against themselves to retain Kyrie. It's, it's a business that teams like to put themselves into and uh never works out for them but you know maybe dallas uh, they're not just gonna have a horrible second half post deadline this year and uh actually be this championship team with Kyrie and luca he'll ask for a trade after the first year <laughs> that's if my that. prediction that's like, yeah <laughs> if that yeah that's my prediction is that i think yeah i thought no, i, I thought he was gonna come back <laughs> i didn't know where he's gonna go i just didn't think no one else said money was a problem. Like you know, he entertained yeah, I'm, I'm the idea of taking minimum contracts. I'm curious who that next contracts. highest bid was for Kyrie just uh-huh. after seeing this deal that he got just now. That's I don't absurd. know what anyone could have thrown out. I mean, Houston, I guess, could have done right, that. I guess they, they would have been for one thirty for yeah. But <laughs> he just gave him like forty a, million a, uh, over forty million a year, forty two million a year. Yeah. After all the crap I think that the, he's done. The bigger concern is not like Kyrie requesting a trade, but like what is it gonna do for Luca? <laughs> like at what point are they gonna totally blow up that's a, their that's you know, top yeah, five it even, in the it's league. not even a great fit with Luca. No, no, it's not. <laughs> it it just it's just like the Mavericks put themselves in this position by making that deal and they couldn't lose him for nothing. But it, it is just like funny seeing this type of contract get handed to him when nobody else like no legitimate team could have thrown something out there. I think Bill Simmons had like a tweet where it was like someone could have gone two for twenty five, so they had to go three for one twenty six. Yeah, I did see that one. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was it. Like teams could have given him a mid level exception, <laughs> and uh, they they were the only ones. And now they're just in the Kyrie Irving business. And yeah, I mean, maybe they can trade him. And you know, the Nets weren't in like a horrible spot compared to where they were. Like the Kevin Durant trade was way more impactful to them than Kyrie Irving. But I would say just... the, I would say Dallas is the biggest loser. <laughs> in yeah, the- no, I agree. I think that you know that that is like the worst contract that has been handed out. I mean, I guess Portland would be second just because of obviously the Damian Lillard situation, and I imagine he'll be traded, and they won't get a super great return uh yeah him. i mean i think if if that happens like in terms of the overall offseason they certainly could be screw henderson i think yeah, like, it uh, helps some but, but i wouldn't want to put him first just because at least they have a rebuilding situation mm-hmm. <laughs> at least there's... yeah dallas is they're just like oh <laughs> whoops <laughs> yeah <laughs> dallas I, I don't even i don't get that one no uh no it, it's one where it's like they they just had to do this deal and it, it's still hilarious looking at it just how much money they handed out to him so um you know celtics uh, i guess talking about them like yeah their big move was already trading for chris Osborzingas. like a couple of deals they handed out to o'shea Brissett and um some other point guard they signed don't even I mean, remember obviously who, the Porzingis but... one kind of overshadows anything. Else. Yeah, and then well, the big thing with Porzingis was extending him at two for sixty, which it could have gone as high as two for seventy-seven. So it feels like a huge win for Brad Stevens. I think it's hard to complain about that deal, um, you know, because you knew that they were going to extend him. Like they gave up some assets, they were going to keep him, and they two years feels like a perfect amount of time. Yeah, Thirty fun. million average, you know. Uh, it, I, you know, I, they, I'm begging. F- 
for Porzingis to be what he was with New York. If he's like I hope that, he is. oh my god, yeah. I will. Or even him. what he was with Washington this year. I mean, he's coming off a really Washington strong season. Sucks. <laughs> I know, I get New it. New York but is like, obviously he's... a much better basketball uh-huh. market, no matter how good they are. So I, I know, guess that, but maybe that's part of like why. Never realized it, but he was no. I agree. Like I had no idea that he was like this good player last year. Like I, I knew nothing. I, remember I just remember he was terrible he, in he Dallas. Borderline sucked in Dallas. Yeah, so they gave him away basically to the Wizards, and and I remember you know, questioning they, that trade. Like, why the hell would they just give away Porzingis for just uh-huh. Dinwiddie, and then all of a sudden Dinwiddie was actually better, a better fit in Dallas than yeah. Porzingis. Yeah, and then Porzingis was just quietly like the best player on the eleventh best team in the East. Right, so. Uh, but yeah, I think I think that's a really good deal. I'm I'm definitely excited to see how this Porzingis I'm, era I'm goes for the next couple of years. No Marcus Smart, and you're adding Porzingis like to yeah. someone I he was is, all about like seven years uh, ago or whatever that one is. New York Times. Yeah, no, he's he's the best Celtics big man since Kevin Garnett. So on, or, yeah, on offense, honestly, on yeah, offense, offensively, at least. yeah, uh, for sure. Not, yeah. Definitely not defensively. Uh-huh. But no, like they they definitely need. We, we already talked about this last last week or whenever our last episode was that they definitely yep. need another big man with Horford and Williams, especially since you can't trust those guys to be healthy all year and play 40 minutes a, a night. No. And you know, I guess the same thing could be said about Porzingis, but it, it, when he's healthy, you can trust them to be on the court. It's, you know, it's not like you got to limit his minutes or anything because of more injury concerns slash being old in the case of Horford. Um, but yeah, definitely like that deal. You know, a couple others. Milwaukee hasn't really made any type of splashes that are new, but I think they did a good job in retaining well, Chris Middleton extended, and Brook Lopez. They extended Middleton and Brook Lopez. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so keeping them around, you know, they're just going to keep running it back. And I don't know. They probably, at this point, I'm feeling like that was their championship in 2021, but as long as they can continue to have this core of Giannis and Middleton and Holiday and Lopez, they're going to be a threat. They're going to be yeah. a top four team in the East, and mm-hmm. they'll be in the mix. Yep. Yep. And, um, I mean, I don't know if Middleton leaving was ever, like, a serious possibility, but there was certainly a threat of Brooke Lopez. Like, he was rumored to the Rockets, and I think being able to retain him is uh, certainly a big win for them, uh, you know, especially just the way he's, like, reinvented his game since going to Milwaukee. Yeah, almost one defensive like, player of the year when he's kind of sucked yeah. defensively yeah, right? for the entirety of his career. He went from, like, never leaving the paint to just all of a sudden, like, a 40% three-point shooter, and now he's, like, a star defensive player. It's it's crazy. I don't know how sustainable that is, done. but I'm, but I think it yeah, was, at least for I one think it was smart, at least, to bring him back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's only a two-year deal as well, too, so yeah. they're not committed super long-term. Um, Draymond Green, same with Golden State. One of those deals... I, you like liked the idea of something changing there, you know. That I, I wanted to see it happen. I, want, I wanted to see him on. I, I don't know the, the the Lakers or just just somewhere just somewhere different, somewhere yeah, different. Just and mixing it up, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, that would have been that would have been interesting to see him on a different team. But like, hey, I if agree. the Warriors believe that they can run it back with with the guys they got. Fine, but that would have been kind of cool to see him on a different team to see what it mm-hmm. would have been like. Because I because. Because Draymond is an excellent fit, of course, with with Steph and Clay, and you know when those guys went down, when Clay went down with the ACL injury, uh, the year prior, and then Steph went down with the, I think it was a broken hand, like that during yeah. that year, 
And then so uh-huh. it was literally just Draymond out there with a lot of scrubs. Like Draymond was useless. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, no, he's he, he useless, was terrible. That team uh, was if terrible. If he's your best player, but mm-hmm. you put him with those guys, guys yeah, he's that like can their fourth, their fifth best player. Like they do, then like because uh-huh. Draymond's a good passing big man. So oh yeah, no, he's he's not an offensive scoring threat, but he's a great passer. He's a great rebounder. He can block shots. He's you know he's great on defense. Work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I think when it comes down to it. The Warriors know what they're getting in Draymond. Draymond knows what he's getting with the Warriors. And because of his skill set, like as much as he'd be like, man, year three, year four at 25 or whatever million is going to be rough. But I feel like he also can have a game like the way he plays. He can still be a the way good he plays, player he for can that still team. make an impact. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, I, I do think eventually the Warriors are going to do something different, but you know, Clay Thompson might be the guy who ends up getting left out instead of Draymond. So, uh, but we, I've also been thinking that the Warriors are going to trade one of them for years now. Like I thought they were going to move one of them for Giannis, and you know, obviously that didn't that happen. That would be so, so maybe... unfair if it was Steph and Giannis. That I agree. I did not want to see it happen. As much as I love the two of them, I didn't want them to be together in Golden State and just have that dynasty go on forever. Um, and then I guess one other deal I want to talk about, you know, you feel free to throw out some others. If there's anything we're missing, one of my favorites, if not the favorite is, uh, Bruce Brown getting a two year, $45 million deal with the Pacers. Just one of those, he became a star in the finals. You know, all these teams wanted to give him a mid-level exception to try to do the same thing he did with Denver. And the Pacers is like, we have all this cap space. <laughs> Let's just throw him a bag. And he's just like, I can't turn down this money. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's straight up a money deal. That's not even like the Pacers uh, aren't going anywhere, and we kind of expected some dumb team to overpay him, and that's what that's exactly what happened. Yeah, he does have a team option for year two, so it's really you know he doesn't have to be paid that. Uh, yeah, I, I think like it, I'm curious to see if that just is going to make him like a trade asset, or if teams are just not going to be able to to do that because i don't know if bruce brown is a 22 million dollar a year player you know he's obviously more than a seven million dollar a year player that he's getting in denver maybe more than a 12 million as an mle but uh, definitely good for him to get that contract and we'll see if uh, he can parlay it to something bigger or just uh well he got paid now he's back to his role as a mid-level guy every year i couldn't think of any other moves i know that the New York Wildcats. I mean, excuse me, the New York Knicks. Yeah, uh, I was about to say that was the one other Dante <laughs> Divincenzo, just Villanova another Villanova player with, uh, with with Josh Hart, Divincenzo, and uh, uh, I'm blanking on the most important guy, uh, Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, being a Villanova fan who's also a New York Knicks fan sounds so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> just like your like favorite players from college are now all on your team, and they're all signed. Well. I guess Hart has a player option, um, or not player option. He's like he opted into his player option for just one year. But you have Brunson and DiVincenzo signed long term. I gotta imagine that there's a good chance Hart sticks around. So definitely a pretty cool situation they have going there. So, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I think we we've had some some big moves come out. Uh, definitely seen a lot of guys get paid some crazy money. And, um, you know, from here, I think the, the next big things are Grant Williams and maybe a couple other restricted free agents. I don't know what to make at that point. I feel like the Celtics might be able to retain him if yeah, someone's just going to hand him an I MLE. Thought, I thought for sure Grant was a goner, but it sounds like there's a chance that he might remain with the team. And I, guess, I don't know what to think of Brogdon, just because if, if the Celtics mm-hmm. are really focused on 
being under the like the tax or whatever. Yeah, like the second apron. Like maybe it sounds like if if that's really the case, then maybe they wanted to move Smart and Brogdon, like both of them in separate deals. And because Brogdon, because of the whole LA Clipper thing with Brogdon didn't follow through, Mm -hmm. it's like, all right, we'll just put in Smart in the deal because we really want Porzingis. So I, I, I still think Brogdon, I still think there's a chance that he gets moved. I just have no idea what it's for. Yeah, I don't know what type of trade would would happen in that case, but yeah. there's still, still stuff that can happen. Of course, like really, the big thing with the Celtics would be a Jalen Brown extension. Are we gonna get that? You know, July sixth is when it can become official, but we haven't had anything come out to suggest that there's going to be a deal or what that deal. I, could I, th- look I like. think if I had to guess, I think there will be. I think I think they'll give them the supermax and they'll do whatever they can to build it around Brown and Tatum. And like we mentioned last week that it's really on them now. And mm-hmm. you, as, as, as bad as <laughs> Jalen Brown was in that game seven, I still think they're committed to him. You can certainly debate <laughs> if it's the right decision, just, especially just given how much you're going to make as a super max kind of player when you're yeah, I question it. and you have a mm-hmm. performance like he did in game seven. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But I think it will happen. Yeah, and I guess you know on on the topic now that I think about it in terms of other extensions, Terry Salaber and Lamella Ball, five years, two hundred sixty. Desmond Bain, five years, two hundred seven. Yeah, so that one's a huge one. Like, like Desmond Bain's a great. Yeah. Uh, he's a really solid player. I didn't know he was worth that much though. Uh, when you're the Grizzlies, I guess you got to pay guys. Like if you have like talent, you got to keep it somehow. And, Sabonis also got. Yeah, Sabonis got a giant contract from Sacramento. You know, the guy uh, who's always like picked last in the deal. All-Star game is, is uh, gets that deal. I know. Well, it's, it is interesting. You see both Sabonis and Halliburton sign these like crazy deals. And it's a trade that I think I panned. A lot of people hated the Kings moving Halliburton. But, you know, Sabonis is definitely a key player in them winning the Pacific Division, being a three seed, taking Golden State to seven games in the first round. So I think that it makes sense for Sacramento to want to try to, you know, continue to build down that path with him and De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, I, I hated that trade, Sacramento side of it. But mm-hmm. it, it's worked out reasonably well. Yeah, for now. I mean, if Halliburton lives up to that $260 million a year contract, we'll see if they're regretting it at some point. But right. Um, it, it is just kind of a reminder that there's a lot of crazy money being thrown out and as crazy as Jalen Brown five for two and 95 sounds like some of these deals make it feel a little less crazy. And, you know, maybe it's only a matter of time before that's just like the standard, especially with the new TV contract that they're expecting in a couple of years. We'll jack up the, there are so many ton. deals that I've seen in so many past years where I'm thinking to myself, that guy got that deal. And then all of a sudden years later, it's like, Oh wow, that's such a great value for him oh yeah not everybody because yeah, you'll see like a deal uh, like freaking mozgov getting like oh i mean that 2016 offseason for, for yeah. really just sitting on the bench when the Cavs won and all like all there'll be deals, deals like that you're just gonna but, throw away uh-huh. but there'll be deals that like like i just said that you'll think is crazy money but then years down the line it's like wow it's a, it's a solid value for 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 that player yeah like patrick mahomes like, yeah, you know, it's yeah. obviously a different sport. It's a great but like, value. I mean, he's like that. He's like what the, the like. highest paid quarterback when he should be easily uh, the first. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it happens in other sports too. Yeah. So, um. Anyway, the I think that's that's it on NBA free agency. You know, we'll see what happens with Lillard and Harden and Jalen Brown and you know other other moves that can happen. Uh, but let's move on and talk a little NHL free agency. 
Uh, Bruins and Penguins, there's both lots to talk about with um, also July 1st when everything started. And I think the one comment, so this is the first time that the NBA and NHL free agency like starts have been in sync in a few years now. COVID just threw off the calendars for both sports. Uh, I think it's crazy how NHL free agency starts at noon. Every player signs a contract. It's like teams are announcing like, 12 deals all on july 1st like what there's no like anticipation or anything like by like the 4th of july every single player is signed to a deal i just think it's kind of crazy like how much activity happens right away there's like no like spacing out of deals it's just like oh yeah we just signed everybody yeah some of these guys can't take their time like they actually they just have Uh to sign right away i mean maybe some yeah some guys it's a good it's they have good reasons if they're getting a bunch of money from a team then Mm-hmm. then i get it but i don't know like there are a lot of like minimum contracts like day one just oh yeah right away it's like yeah i guess i'll sign with this team yeah. for no money like uh yeah that it just blows my mind like seeing that i don't remember that being a thing i don't know if that's like always that way um but anyway let's talk about the bruins last time we were on here they traded taylor hall to be able to retain some of the guys that they acquired at the deadline, like Tyler Bertuzzi or maybe Dmitry Orlov, and both of them are gone. So make that make sense. I, I don't know. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> I remember when uh, I remember when they traded Hall. I was for that deal because I thought that would lead to a Tyler Bertuzzi extension with the Bruins, and mm-hmm. I'm definitely not a fan that he. Not only did he not come back, but he. He went to Toronto, a team that yep. has plenty of offensive firepower already, and it was for a one-year, $5.5 million deal. So, like, the AAV was what I expected. I expected it to be in that 5 mm-hmm. to $6 million range, closer to the 6 honestly. But I didn't expect it to be this one-year deal. And so, if he's only going to go for one-year, 5.5 AAV, like, why the hell did the Bruins not get him back? And... And if you if you couldn't because of salary cap purposes, like when why don't you try to trade someone that has a similar deal that doesn't you know bring that same impact like Bertuzzi Bertuzzi does? Like I don't know trade. I know I know he just won the Vesna, but like <laughs> I, I do think Allmark's year was a total fluke, a total flash in the pan. And you mm-hmm. have two very solid goaltenders. Granted, neither of them are have proven that they're you know, good in the playoffs, but they've both proven that they're very capable of being starting goaltenders. And it's like, yeah. you should, you should be trading one of them and, and really all Mark. And they're both still here. And there are other guys like, like Matt Grizzlick and Brandon Carlo, who are both very solid defensemen, but they're not like, Oh, we got to keep these guys. Like, I, I don't understand the obsession of keeping those guys and the goalies, uh, specific Allmark though, over, you know, keeping someone like Bertuzzi, who was honestly your best player in the playoffs. He he was he was awesome. He was yeah. he was so good in the playoffs and uh, and really was the best player for them. And I th- and yeah, was, he fit, he fit really well with Pasternak on on the second line. And I thought it was a no brainer to bring him back. So when they when they traded Taylor Hall, it's like oh well, this makes perfect sense. They're gonna bring back Pertuzzi uh, between mm-hmm. the two, which is what they should have done, which is what I thought they were going to do. But the fact that neither of them are here now, I think that's a a total disaster. And I, f- yep. I figured Orlov was gone. I, I, I'm not yeah. – I'm that one I'm not as 
you know, hell bent on as Bertuzzi uh-huh. because he went for two years uh, with Carolina and it was in the seven to eight million dollar range. It's just like, all right. Yeah, like, it was. He was like viewed as like one of the top free agents. He was always going to probably get overpaid just yeah. based off of what like two months with the Bruins. It, granted, it's a two year deal, but yeah, that that mm-hmm. AAV when it reaches that, it's like, all right, like Orlov is not coming back. So that yeah. one, that one, I kind of figured right away. So I'm not as mad about that like the Bertuzzi mm-hmm. one's a disaster though and yeah no I, I agree I don't know we how ju- we just needed to have Milan that. Lucic again you know someone, someone who <laughs> was not slow as excited. when they traded him like remember, they traded him uh-huh. in 2015 for one of those first round picks that they blew but yeah so it was a great trade when they traded him because y- you could tell that he was slowing down eight years ago <laughs> and now he's mm-hmm. back it's like uh, I, I know it's I'm fine with that. It's one year, one million fourth liner. Like anything yeah, more just, would have been stupid. But so like, I, uh, I get it from that standpoint. And hey, you know, we need a little bit of more toughness and fighting uh, on the team because I think the Bruins uh, lack that a little bit. So I, I, I get it from that. I just, we, sh- we should have, we should have brought back Bertuzzi. And because we didn't, like, I can't help but not really care about the other deals. Like, so they brought back Lucic. They signed James Van Riemsdyk. They uh, yep, I saw that. They one. signed uh, Kevin Shattenkirk. These dudes were good when we were in high school. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I like recognize those names. I'm like, are they still like like these are le- these were legit names <laughs> like ten uh, years ago? But now it's like ah, I mean they're fine yeah, because just... they got they got to get min price guys just given how much they're paying mm-hmm. other players. So I'm I'm fine with those moves, but I I just can't help but look at. The fact that they didn't bring back Pertuzzi, it just, I, it just makes me not really love their offseason and not really care about their other moves. No, I, I totally get it. I think um, so. The one-year deal thing, uh, there were a lot of one-year deals thrown out because the cap is spiking finally next year. It's been like pretty stagnant, barely moved up since COVID. So that's like not totally shocking. But when, when there were reports saying that the Bruins wanted to only go four years Bertuzzi wanted a fifth year and then he just turns around and signs a one-year deal with Toronto of all teams yeah, he like, kind of screwed himself like, over uh-huh. too but I I can't help but look at Bruins and Sweeney in this situation like, I can't help but look yeah at no I totally get it negatively than uh-huh. Bertuzzi yeah, and it, I mean with Lucic, like that, it's one of those. It's fun bringing back a player who you yeah, remember it's a winning fan a Stanley favorite. Cup. It, it appeases yeah. the fan base, but it doesn't make your team better. No, well, I remember last year at the deadline, the Penguins traded for Nick Benino, and it's like, oh, I remember him winning a Stanley Cup with yeah. us six Scor- years ago. A couple cl- clutch goals. Uh huh. And then he did nothing. He played in like three games after the deadline. Like he was like already like a fringe roster player who just wasn't healthy and it's like okay well this accomplished nothing (laughs) and you know maybe you know there are other reasons but you know certainly not one of the reasons for uh you know Hextall to have kept his job so um you know you talk about with the Bruins like you know they made some fine moves but there's one deal that kind of clouds or you know the in your case losing a guy like Bertuzzi that you know clouds the rest of you know the overall free agency moves uh the case of the penguins it's similar but the opposite it's retaining a player and um you know i like the move to get ryan graves i like you know noel asiari like there, there's some lars eller Nolichari. matt nito no, elachari yeah at yes uh, those guys like those are like nice moves um bringing them in 
But when you talk about the Penguins, the the one deal that is going to stand out above all else is Tristan Jari coming back. Not just coming back, but coming back on a five-year, 5.375 AAV deal. And I was so upset when I saw this originally. Because I was like, are you kidding me? Like, not only are we keeping Jari, but we're keeping around for half a decade. Uh, And he's just like, when he's at his best, like, you've seen signs of him being a really good goalie in this league. But he can't stay healthy. And you saw him be like the worst goalie ever in a playoff series just a couple years ago. And you just you don't get excited about this. You feel like, oh, we're going to have this guy continue to waste any last hope of Sidney Crosby and of Getty Malkin winning a Stanley Cup together for a fourth time. And I don't know. I can try to talk myself into it. See, I think I think goaltending is important. It it definitely it's definitely important. But. At the same time, how many times have we seen just some jag, you know, in, in net, and then the the team wins it all? Like we just saw, uh, it happens. Twenty nineteen, yeah. Jordan Bennington, he he was, he was great <laughs> in the, in that run for like that one playoff, and then he got uh, paid, and he's sucked since. He keeps getting yep. fights with everybody. Darcy I, Kemper I with it, Darcy Kemper. No, no, that's yeah, another great example. He was great, uh, in, or not great, but he was good enough in Colorado. Uh, that year, and then he goes to Washington. And they just let him walk in free agency. Yeah, yeah, and they let him walk. And then just last year, Aiden Hill. <laughs> like, he yeah, wasn't even like their starter. Like, he wasn't even the backup. Uh, <laughs> no, they, yeah, they traded they for like John Quick. three different goalies you know? in that playoff run, uh, and, and they won it all. I, I just yeah. think, see, goaling, goalie is important, but mm-hmm. you don't want to just, you don't want to do what they just did. <laughs> Yeah, you don't want to pay a guy just for the sake of it. And it's like one of those things where that that was really what it came down to. Whereas the Penguins, they weren't going to go out and trade for Connor Hellebuck. So then the next best move was to retain Tristan Jari. And they weren't going to be able to retain Tristan, Tristan Jari without giving him a contract with term is really what it came down to. And I think you can talk yourself into saying, well... Andre Vasilevsky and Sergei Bravovsky, they're making ten million a year. So he's making half of yeah, yeah, what Va- the best goalies is like an make, outlier. Where he makes yeah, a bunch, no, I get it, but he's uh, worth it. Yeah, and I know Bobrovsky had this such an amazing. He run, oh, it was like the just, worst contract in the NHL. Yeah, it went from worst contract April. in the ever <laughs> to like yeah <laughs> to, to like the to fifth actually worst like contract. he was actually the the man for them in the, uh-huh. in the in the playoffs last year. But I still think three, that contract two sucks. Rounds. No, it's still terrible. It yeah. still stinks. No, it, it's a bad contract. Like he won two Stanley Cups, won one Conn Smythe. Like he's mm-hmm. the one outlier where it's like he made a bunch, but he was worth it. No, I agree, and I don't necessarily want to compare him to Vasilevsky. Like Ilya Sorokin, he just signed an eight-year, eight million dollar contract with the Islanders. I think he was the second or third in the Vezina Trophy, I consistently put him up there for best goalies in the league. So you can look at Jari and say, okay, like you paid him, but he's not making like elite goalie money. I would put Jari in the Bennington category where there'll be flashes where of of brilliance. No, we get a lot of them. Because we've seen Jari be Uh really good at times, but we've also seen him just be god-awful too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and I, I think like, in that category. the god awful was really the Islander series. I think it's you see him really good, okay, or on the bench because he's hurt. Like, and there's way too much of that. There's too much inconsistency. He has injury concerns all the time. I mean, he broke his foot in 2022 when he was having this amazing year, and then the Penguins had to go into the playoffs with like a AHL journeyman in goal. 
and hope for the best. And yeah, it's one of those where it's not inspiring. I don't feel amazing about it. And it's like, okay, well, maybe if he's not good this year, you still can go out and sign someone else to compete with him. It's like, okay, you're just wasting another year of Crosby and Malkin at this point. So unless Tristan Jari can show up and be that, like, you know, top 10 goalie that he's capable of throughout the season, not miss games constantly with like little injuries not suffer big time injuries and you know be this consistent like great goalie then it's just going to be a terrible contract and it's getting rightfully panned by you know people both inside and outside of Pittsburgh and yeah it's it's not not my favorite move and you know I, I like that Kyle Dubas is being aggressive and signing a bunch of other guys I just you know wish that he went a different direction when it came to goalie yeah, so. I, I would have gone in a different direction as well. Yeah, and, and look, the the problem is, outside of Hellebuck, I don't know who I would have wanted necessarily. That's, That's the problem there, where it's like, well, I guess you just got to retain Jari because he was like the best goalie on the free agent market, and you know you could trade for John Gibson and hope for the best there, but he's not the player he was in Anaheim five years ago, and... Yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a, it's that's a tough why one. Mark was in trade talks with Pittsburgh. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, we, don't, uh, we, can't, we can't. Yeah, well, now, but no, it's one of those deals where, like, yeah, I know you want to move on from him. Like, you're fine with Swayman from a Penguins perspective. Like, yeah, we'll take on Allmark. We'll take the Vezina Trophy winner and hope that he's even close to that for the next few years. But I would have wanted yeah. that for sure. I, mm-hmm. I don't want to say like, oh, just get rid of Allmark for anything, but. Yeah, I mean, but like getting him but valuable assets. Having Swayman on your team, along mm-hmm. with like needing to keep another guy, uh, you know, a bigger priority in Bertuzzi, it's like, uh, I thought it was a no-brainer to find a way to trade Allmark and get something relatively decent a return for him, especially since this is as high of a value as he'll ever have. This is like, this is it. Yeah. This is the peak for him. No, I, I agree. It's only yeah, downhill it's not gonna, uh, <laughs> Yes. Um, yeah, I, I guess, you know, with the Penguins, like the one thing that is still like keeping everyone's attention is very much in play for Eric Carlson, defenseman from the Sharks, who he just won the Norse trophy because he's amazing yeah, cause he's, on cause offense. He puts up so many goals and assists. <laughs> uh, but... He's not a great defensive no. player. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of those yeah. uh, where it's like it would be an exciting move, but he's also making like nine million a year. So the Sharks would have to retain some type of salary. And it's like is this going to really improve this team? Because uh, Brian Dumoulin has gone in free agency. Brian Dumoulin has lost a step. But at his peak, Brian Dumoulin was arguably the best defensive defensive player in the in the NHL when the Penguins were winning Stanley Cups. So, uh, you know, it, it, is that the type of player that you want to be going for? Just a guy who can score a ton of goals but is a liability on defense? Or, you know, a guy who's, like, actually a great defensive player because you already have guys like Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Brian Russ, Jake Gensel, Riley Smith. Totally forgot about him. Great trade, yeah. getting him for a future third-round pick. Yeah, that, that was a good trade. Yeah, Stanley Cup winner with the Knights. So, yeah, I mean, looking at it, you know, the Penguins can potentially move Jeff Petrie, Michael Granlund. Jeff Carter has a no-movement clause. He's just a lost cause at this point. Like, they have contracts that they can get rid of still potentially to make the team better um, I think overall I like the Penguin chances of at least getting back to the playoffs um, but it, you know Tristan Jari is going to be the big wild card when it's all said and done in terms of what the ceiling is and 
you know, I don't know if you necessarily come away from the Bruins past few days feeling like, oh, no, this will be the year like, that they'll be they'll go still better. be good, but they'll uh, will just be another first round exit again. <laughs> like their team is clearly not as good as it was last year, which is, I mean, we all expected that, but I don't know. I just I thought they'd I thought the Bruins off season would be a little bit better than it's mm-hmm. been, and so far that has not been the case. And who knows what Bergeron Krejci will do. I kind of don't care either. <laughs> like, yeah, I was gonna ask. Like, Krejci, uh, I mean, I, he played well in Game Seven, but I don't know. Just for for that, really, that play. I mean, he he it was a healthy scratch for. I don't. Well, he might have been injured, but he was a scratch for several games of that playoff series. And I don't know. Like, I I think at some point Krejci's. I think he'll be done. Like, I don't think he'll come back. Bergeron, I I'm I'm a little bit more hopeful for, but even him, it's like 19 years. Like you you've accomplished enough mm-hmm. and. I, I kind of want to see him come back just because of the fandom and they don't have much at center. But at the same time, it's like we got to turn the page at some points. Like this core has yeah. been around for like, I don't know, 15 years now. It's like you right. don't want him to be like Adam Wainwright where like he could have gone out at <laughs> right. the perfect time with Pujols and Molina. Good, and instead he comes back and is yeah. like the worst pitcher in baseball. Now he's like the, yeah, the worst. <laughs> you don't want it to go uh, that far. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I, I don't know what their plan is at uh replacing Bertuzzi. I don't want to make it sound like he's an all pro, but he was a very important player in that playoffs. No, he was he was a great player. Yeah, yeah, he's a really good player. You know, the Red Wings just decided they'd rather get trade value than keep him around as a pending free agent. And uh the Bruins took advantage yeah. of that and I mean, he was awesome for yeah, them. It's, it's just shocking that they didn't do more it's to like retain now him. They don't have him or Hall and mm-hmm. it's really just Martian on the left side. It's like they have a prospect in Fabian Lysel, I have no idea if he's ready or not, and um, they really don't have much at, in their farm system. That's another thing about like Sweeney's brutal at drafting, and I, yeah. I don't have a lot of faith in the Bruins. Like, yes, well, they'll be good. Yes, they'll be a. I'm co- I'm very I'm confident in them being a playoff team. I have no com- mm-hmm. literally zero confidence in them doing anything more than that though. Yeah, which is, it's it's a frustrating experience as a fan when you know every year you want to believe that your team can win a championship yeah, la- last like, year was really that was like that was it for uh, me. <laughs> yeah no i totally get it yeah when you win 65 games in a regular season and then go and out then in the that, first round like, yeah mm-hmm. I, I don't have any more hope for them for for yeah, a, no, a while I, at least i get it yeah i mean i like with the penguins it's like getting back to the playoffs after missing it last year would be a nice win but it's also are, are they better off rebuilding and i don't want to see Sidney crosby and Malk, evgeny Malkin play for other teams but at the same time it's you know at what point is the, the stanley cup dream just not worth uh you know buying into anymore so i i, I totally understand it and uh yeah um <laughs> you know we'll see how things play out come you know october and beyond with hockey season but um i guess you know just because it's coming up uh won't have a podcast next week. I'm going to be on vacation. Um, and regardless, the MLB draft is in four days anyway, so we wouldn't be recording until after it happens. I think I'm talking myself into Paul Skeens over Dylan Cruz. I think I am. I think I've just heard too much about Dylan Cruz not wanting to come to Pittsburgh. You know, Scott Boris strong arming the pirates into this crazy deal. And I'm just like, you know what? Let's just take the generational picture. I don't care. <laughs> um, I don't, Still I don't want know enough it. about baseball prospects. I barely yeah, no, know I get about it. pro baseball uh, players. <laughs> yeah, no, I it's it's one of those things where like 
I spent so long being like cruiser bus, cruiser bus, cruiser bus that I just feel crazy to be like pivoting less than a week before the draft. But I don't know. It, it, I'll be very happy if they, they turn around and take cruise anyway. But uh, I, yeah, I don't know what to expect at this point, but I'd just be very content just taking skeins and just being like, all right, we got a maniac starting pitcher and hope he's the next Garrett Cole. So another depressing pirates analysis. i guess they come out of a big nine seven win over the dodgers last night it was a nice little comeback um but anyway to be the most mediocre team ever yeah no texas is good that's a they're they're a tough team to be playing right now and also it's like frustrating like sweeping toronto and it's like oh man red sox must be great now it's like no they're still in fifth place in yeah, the maybe, division. maybe the division even though everyone has a winning record or or at least 500 maybe it's maybe it's a little overrated mm-hmm. i don't know like, I if, mean, if, <laughs> if the red sox are going seven and zero versus toronto it's like maybe toronto is uh, overrated and certainly the red sox aren't great and then the yankees yeah i, are, I think I don't know. Are just fine. Like the Rays are. They're still, rel- like they're playing better now, but they're not a good team. The Rays Aaron are really Gooch. the only overachieving team. Well, no, I take it back. I Baltimore, mean the Orioles. Baltimore. Yeah. yeah. I know they were better last the year, but I think everyone expected the, the fact that those two are the first and second is kind of like mm-hmm. it's kind of a knock on the other three teams. Like those other three. Yeah, teams. Oh, should I be, mean, it's the exact opposite of what you would. The other three teams should in the be normal better. American League East. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they have way more resources and money to spend. Um, and then, yeah, the Angels sounds like their season might be over with Mike Trout broke his hand. Just so. right, right. You know, a great time for the All Star Game to show up when you have uh, like the two best players in the game just happen to be injured. Right. Before yeah. No. Yeah. No. Tawny's not going to be able to pitch. I don't know if he's still going to play in bat, but they're not going to let him pitch sucks. in the All Star Game. <laughs> yeah. No. It does. I get it. He's like yeah. The one clear star in the game. Uh. Whatever yeah, it like takes, a, bring him, bring him here. I don't care what it takes. Five hundred million. Be, I don't care. It would be so cool. Yeah, so cool if he ends up in Boston. It's worth I, it. I don't think it's gonna happen. It's not but, gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just looking at the standings right now. Oakland A's run differential minus two thirty six. Just unreal. Is that bad? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. All right. Anyway, that's that's enough. We spent enough time talking about baseball last week, so. Uh, that'll do it for this one. Uh, for my co-host Brian Wells, I'm Corey Novotny. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>